This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today is Thursday, February 18th, 2021. On this day in 1949, Gary Ridgway was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. He would go on to become one of history's most prolific serial killers, slaying as many as 48 victims before he was finally captured. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the birth and life of Gary Ridgway, also known as the Green River Killer. Now let's go back to the morning of February 18, 1949. Mary Ridgway gave birth to her second son, Gary, as the brisk winter morning dawned in Salt Lake City. It was the perfect day to bring a new baby into the world. Mary was confident that she'd bring up Gary in a household bound by strict rules and discipline. It was the only way to raise a child to be good. But the household wasn't a perfect one. Gary's father, Thomas, drove buses and was rarely home. Mary primarily stayed with the kids, but would later get a job working at J.C. Penney. Gary didn't grow up to be like his headstrong, domineering mother. Instead, he was a timid and shy kid. When he began to read, his teachers found that he was dyslexic, and he was held back a year in school. Decades later, Mary's appearance and temperament would be the subject of many debates about Gary's upbringing. A few neighbors described her as attractive. Some said that she wore low-cut tops, short skirts, big hair, that she looked, quote, glamorous. Others said that she dressed normally for the times, in jeans, nothing scandalous. But almost all agree that she was a yeller. One hot summer, the kids on Gary's block decided to fill up a pool in a neighbor's yard without permission. Gary and his two brothers dragged a hose from their own house to the backyard and turned it on. When Mary learned what they did, she laid into them about wasting water. She screamed right in their faces. The boys obediently turned the hose off, but returned later to play in the pool. If Mary's words had any sort of influence on her kids, it wasn't as strong as she might have hoped. Later, at a family dinner, a fight between Mary and Thomas turned violent. Mary broke a plate over her husband's head. Thomas was quiet, almost unresponsive, and left the room without a word. He never stood up to his wife no matter how much she yelled or abused him. Despite the tension at home, to his friends and peers, Gary seemed nothing but normal. His neighbors described him as a very nice fellow and said that he always went out of his way to say hello. He liked to play in the garage when his father was home. He played football freshman year. 
As a teen, he liked sports and girls. He appeared to be the average young man. But what was happening inside Gary's mind and bedroom told a different story. Gary was a bedwetter for much of his childhood. Each time an accident happened, his mother would scold him and then wash his genitals, even up to the age of 13. As a result, Gary developed strange sexual feelings towards his mother, and along with those feelings came loathing. He said his feelings fluctuated between lust and humiliation, and that he often thought about stabbing his mother in the chest or in the heart. By the time he was older, some of these violent and sexual impulses had escalated. Allegedly, he became interested in arson. He paid a girl to play with his genitals. He suffocated a cat. Then, at age 15, he went after his first victim, stabbing a first-grade boy with a knife. As Gary later claimed, it was because he wanted to see how stabbing worked. The boy bled a lot and spent several weeks in the hospital. No one found out who did it until Gary was arrested decades later. By then, he'd committed dozens of atrocities. Coming up, we cover Gary Ridgway's brutal murders. Listeners, I am thrilled to tell you that this month marks a huge milestone for ParCast. It's the four-year anniversary of another fantastic podcast I host called Serial Killers. If you haven't had a chance to dive into the stories and psychology behind the most nightmarish murderers of all time, there's no better time than right now to start listening. Each week, we enter the minds, the methods, and the madness of the world's most sadistic serial killers. From the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, and the co-ed killer Edmund Kemper, to Eileen Wardos, Ed Gein, and coming soon, the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez. And this February, look out for our four-part special on Couples Who Kill, following the worst love has to offer. Their names may sound ordinary, but their atrocities are anything but. Trust me, you do not want to miss it. With hundreds of episodes available to binge and new ones released weekly, get to know the killers, crimes, and cases that forever changed the face of history. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Serial Killers. New episodes air every Monday and Thursday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to our story. On February 18, 1949, serial killer Gary Ridgway was born. He was raised in a tumultuous household by a borderline abusive mother. She mercilessly berated Gary's father and washed her son's genitals when he wet the bed, even while he was a teenager. Gary said that after these humiliations, he developed violent and sexual impulses towards his mother. He eventually took these urges out on his victims. 
The phenomenon is known as displaced matricide, the idea that a serial killer with a desire to murder their mother will seek victims that look or behave like her. It's impossible to know if Gary's claims are accurate. As with his early life, the private and public aspects of his adulthood told two different stories. Just after graduating high school, Gary joined the Navy and was sent to Vietnam. He married in 1970, but when he learned that his wife had an affair while he was overseas, he filed for divorce. After being discharged from the Navy, he returned home to Seattle. He worked at the Kenworth Motor Truck Plant, where he would work for 30 years. He read the Bible and attended church. In 1973, he married again, and in 1975, his wife gave birth to a son. They divorced by 1981, but Gary met his third wife in 1985 and stayed with her for years. His life was far from perfect, but it seemed ordinary, at least on the surface. Behind closed doors, Gary had a dark side. It's suspected that he first became involved with sex workers while on tour for the Navy, though it's unclear when he started to get violent. He later told police that he was obsessed with sex to the point of addiction and that he had contracted many STDs. Even more chillingly, his second wife told police that part of the reason for their divorce was Gary's libido. He was obsessed with public sex and often asked her to experiment outdoors in the woods. He was also interested in bondage and liked playing a game where he snuck up on her from behind. On occasion, he choked her violently. After his arrest in 2001, Gary confessed, choking is what I did and I was pretty good at it. Throughout the 1980s, he worked on perfecting his killing method. He said he chose sex workers because they were the easiest victims. He often cruised around the seedier areas of Seattle, searching for targets. First, he ensured the women weren't undercover officers by watching them from a distance or requesting that they expose themselves before he paid. Then he tried to make his victims trust him. He sometimes showed them pictures of his son or offered to help them get another job. With these tactics, Gary successfully evaded police and detectives for years. He placed misleading evidence near the bodies, or just plain lied to the authorities. It wasn't until better DNA technology was developed that he was finally caught and arrested. His co-workers, friends, and family were shocked. Gary didn't seem like a killer at all. Even experts couldn't quite pin him down. He didn't have the usual characteristics of a murderer. There was no history of mental illness, trauma, or repeated abuse. He did have a fraught relationship with his mother, but that didn't explain the murders on its own. So what did? When Ridgway was asked what prompted his impulse to kill, he replied that he simply didn't care about his victims. It didn't matter to him at all whether they lived or died. Perhaps Gary's lack of empathy didn't come from bad parenting or a neglectful childhood. Perhaps it was just something that grew within him.
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Stacey Lee Nemec, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Adriana Romero. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Listeners, don't forget to check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Every Monday and Thursday, take a deep dive into the minds and madness of history's most notorious murderers. You can binge hundreds of episodes, four years worth, and catch new episodes weekly. Listen to Serial Killers free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.